The Resistance base is open, and that means it's time for TRB. Welcome, everybody, to the Resistance broadcast. I'm John. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's Monday. That means it's time to talk about the latest going on in Star Wars news. Um, not too many super hype stories, but some cool stuff to talk about uh, in every realm of Star Wars, whether it's video games, live action movies, or live action TV. Uh, we're going to cover all of that and give our takes on that as always. Um, with me is James and Lacey. Um, we are not live right now, even though you may be seeing us on YouTube and saying, well, I see you right there, John. You're live to me. But what we do, uh, we don't do a lot of like editing on TRB. We're pretty much what you see is what we record and do. Uh, but we will be live soon. Right, guys? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Just this. Boom. That is correct. <laughs> just ran into a brick wall. Just like, what do you guys have to say about that? Yep. Um, so we're doing our first, uh, we've done live podcasting before on a panel, uh, but we're doing our first live broadcast on uh, Thursday, August 27th, kind of in lieu of Star Wars celebrations. And celebrations not happening, tear, sad. What? Uh, we are, I, breaking news. Breaking news, <laughs> celebration is canceled. Um, but yeah, so in lieu of Star Wars Celebration, we're going to do a little bit of our own TRB version of a virtual Star Wars Celebration weekend, kicking off with a live podcast on Thursday. Uh, so instead of your morning podcast of TRB, you're going to get a show at night live from us. But don't worry if you can't be there live. We'll also have it onto the podcast feeds and everything after the fact. But then right after that, uh, Lacey, what are we doing? We're doing a virtual cantina. Oh my God, right after the live show. Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> so yeah, the virtual cantina is coming back. Uh, we're gonna do about an hour and a half right after our show. Um, so I think that's gonna be roughly around, what, like 9.30 or so? 9, 9.30, yeah. 9, 9.30 East. Um, and signups start for the virtual cantina for our virtual cantina zoom call today. Uh, if you are a resistance officer on Patreon, uh, no matter what rank you are, you have access to sign up first and those start at 11 AM East. And then, uh, everyone else can jump on at noon East to sign up for, uh, all the other spots. Um, spots are limited, but, uh, so try to sign up as soon as you can, but we're going to be running registration until this time, uh, around 9 AM next Monday. So you have about a week to sign up for the virtual cantina. Uh, we're going to do it. I don't know if you if you haven't seen it before, but we do it in kind of waves to try to get as many people in as possible. But sign up as soon as you can, and we'll make sure we have all the information available for you uh, from our Twitter account at rbatswnn. And if you are curious and like I, I need the link, where is it? You can email us resistancebroadcast at gmail.com. Just get a hold of us. You know how to get a hold of us. Mm -hmm. well, make sure you get the link. Uh, anything else you want to add to that, Lacey or James, on the cantina? No, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, yep, you laid it out everything. Um, it, it's crazy that we're doing, you know, we're even attempting to do some of the live stuff. <laughs> but you're right, John, we pretty much just turn on the cameras and go <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and I know some people don't like the Zoom call, like interaction experience. Some people have anxiety, social anxiety. They just kind of want to chill. Uh, we'll be live doing the Zoom call and the virtual cantina on YouTube as well. So you can go right over there and watch from the comfort of your home without worrying about people looking at you or talking to you. And you can pop into the live chat there and text with us. And uh, James and Lacey and myself will be checking that and responding on there. So 
everyone will be involved in all different ways. So however you want to be involved in the virtual cantina, there's an option for you to do it. Um, so I think that pretty much covers that. I guess we can tell them about the shirt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, we've been going so many ideas going on, everybody. I just need to tell you right now that some of it is like, well, we got to leave that there and tell that then. Then we're going to leave this over here and tell that then. Say, we, he, say this on the He's not lying. It's just he's like, not lying. He goes, I guess we can tell him about the shirt. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> the virtual cantina shirt. The virtual cantina oh, shirt. Oh. Yeah. We're going to okay. have a special yeah, yeah. edition virtual cantina <laughs> shirt available on Thursday, the 27th. Uh, it's kind of kicking off our store specials for the weekend, which is mm-hmm. a whole other thing that we'll get into. But um, so the thing is, is you can only get this shirt when the cantina is open. Once the cantina is closed, you can't get it until the next time right. the cantina is open. So that's the first kind of special we have going on in our store, which, you know, we've all been working really hard at coming up with a really cool experience for you guys that leads into the weekend because mm-hmm. we're really sad we're not going to celebration. I'm sure you guys are too. So we just wanted to think of what's the best way to interact with people and celebrate in a way that it's like we're there when we're not. So yeah. we're doing that through the live stream, which, mm-hmm. like John said, we record live to tape anyway. So it's literally just pressing broadcast instead of record. <laughs> um, like, as you can see by the disorganization right now, uh, it's fine. Candidness. So we're just going to be. <laughs> That's the word we like here. Okay. Candidness. Candidness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to do the virtual cantina. And then every day we're going to have a new item in our store as well as a discount for a specific group of items so check back every day for which items are on sale on what day and we have new items and we'll probably tell you not probably we will tell you those items next week yeah Mm -hmm. and we know a lot of our fellow uh podcasters and and content creators out there are also doing stuff throughout the weekend so uh, we appreciate you taking the time to check in with us when we're doing our thing and support everyone, everyone else doing their thing and it's everyone doing their best to try to push back the tears of the fact that celebration's not happening. Uh, so I think it's cool that everybody's kind of taken it upon themselves to do some stuff to uh, some semblance of celebrating Star Wars, which is really what this stuff is all about. Um, right. But yeah, the uh, the cantina thing. So for everyone, anyone who's going to be actually on the cantina call, you're going to have to take a second while you're on the call to get your shirt because if you're on the call and you don't get your shirt, then you can't get your shirt. So remember that when you're on the cantina. So we're going to see people on the side like, oh. And cosplay is encouraged. Yes. It's like we're at celebration. Yeah. yeah. Like this guy, he's going to be dressed up. I'm not sure what yes. he's going to wear yet. He's going to wear something. <laughs> um, all right. So that is pretty much that. And um, yeah, we're excited. But now it is time, James, to fire up the stove, the hot stove of Star Wars news in the Resistance Report. It's the resistance. Um, so we got a couple stories this week. Uh, some have to do with live action, a bunch of other things uh, just kind of floating around in the Star Wars world. So uh, we always got to start with the main stories, right? Let's talk about the live action stuff. Uh, Cassie and Nandor is back in the news this week. Uh, this time we got a new cast member. Uh, now, I, I tried to look up this name. Adria Ajona? Arjona. Arjona. Adria Arjona. Got it. 
All right. Um, <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was cast in uh, a, a major role, a lead role. Um, so I don't know. That, I mean, you can look at she was in Six Underground mo- most recently. That's probably the, the most notable thing. Also, she has starred with other. Uh, she's been in other movies with other Star Wars characters, such as um, what was a uh, John Boyega Pacific Rim Uprising. Uprising. Yeah. And um, Triple Frontier with Oscar Isaac. So she's All been right. in a couple different. Uh, she's actually had a pretty good um, Carole, uh, career. If you look at like all the movies that she's been in, it seems like every single one of them it, it, it has some weight. You know what I mean? She's going to be in Morbius coming up soon with Jared Leto. It's like, yeah, these are these are pretty well known uh, movies. But she is coming to. Um, She's coming to the Star Wars world. So what do you guys think about this? John, what, what's what's the details on this one? So what's funny is, um, who, who, who did the story again? Was I think Deadline. Deadline? Deadline. Um, so they put lead role, I think, either in the headline or like the sub headline. Um, but then later in the article, they're like, we have zero details about her. Character. Correct. So, yeah. Oh no. Landed a landed a lead role, and then it says deadline has no they details. Have no on details her about the character, and then they said, <laughs> um, which is always the classic. Uh, Disney declined to comment or whatever. So yeah. Um, and it's funny because you know we you know I do that sometimes like with our reports, and I'm like, yeah, they're gonna write back to StarWarsNewsNet.com and be like, actually, John, yeah, you're correct. That's <laughs> absolutely true. That that's happening. But you, if you do it, then and then you get no response. Then you can put it. You said we reached out to Lucasfilm and Disney, and they did not comment. Sounds more official. Um, but yeah, so I actually looked at um, her resume on TV and film, and I have literally seen zero things that she's been in. I didn't see Pacific Rim, uh, Six Underground, or um, the Ben Affleck uh, Oscar Isaac movie you just mentioned, James. But um, my guess is based on a couple of the roles she's played that she may be looking at her military type role. And that's just pure mm-hmm. speculation based on Pacific Rim. Um, that was her big breakout role. So maybe that's what caught their eye. Um, not really sure. But uh, one thing I do find funny is, uh, and we all do it, I do it too, is when you see someone cast, immediately you do your brain wants to see like connect them to the main character somehow so you're like was that cassian's mm-hmm. sister cassian's wife cassian's girlfriend love interest yeah. love interest uh you know cassian's whatever um k2's love interest yeah you never know i mean look at lando and l3 things love love <laughs> is love folks okay um but it's not always the case and i know like james that was a big thing for you back in the day when everyone was like Who's this person connected to? Who, who's this person connected to? And you would always say, mm-hmm. probably nobody. Um, so, yes. so, 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 yeah. correct. So we it's don't, we don't, mom. we don't know. But I, I do find it interesting that we're always our first instinct for whatever reason as fans is to always try to make the connection somehow. Uh, so I'm already seeing a lot of that going on, uh, but curious to see. But you know, with with not having anything here, uh, it's very possible she could have a very small role in this show. Like she could be like. Um, mm-hmm. that, that guy we saw on the plane coming back from celebration, Lacey, Kenneth Long. I Detonator think his name guy. Is. Yeah. 
he uh, had been in, you know, X-Men movies and stuff. And people were like, you know, when he got cast for The Force Awakens, they're like, oh, I wonder if he's going to play some kind of cool villain or stuff. And he was just one of the Resistance guys, just like hanging out. Gotta be some thermal oscillator. Yeah, he's doing this with his hands. <laughs> um, so she could be playing a, a button pusher who has like two lines or something. Like Cassian walks by and she's like, we found the plan, sir. And that's it. So we don't, you know, <laughs> we don't know what's going on here. But it's fun to speculate, especially during times of, you know, bleak, news stories and that sort of thing even the rumor mills like quieted down a little bit too you know everybody's yeah, just I... been in quarantine for a long time <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're like we've we've run so, out of things to make up we can't even make yeah, up rumors we, <laughs> we don't even so see i was anyone. trying <laughs> yeah i was trying to look up because i was I, trying to look up her ethnicity to see if it matched because I heard sister somewhat tossed around, not like behind the scenes, like on Twitter or something, right? Um, she's Puerto Rican, he's Mexican, so I, I don't know where they want to draw the lines, but um, but in the process, I did notice they were both in Narcos. Mm. I, I don't so know I'd if those that. characters. I don't know that they cross paths, though. I tried to. I don't know that they cross paths. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But I did notice that she was in Narcos, and then I saw on hit when I was looking up his ethnicity, it, it meant mentioned narcos and i was like oh they're both in that show so that's kind of a we worked on this together and even if they weren't in episodes their characters weren't maybe they were on set together i don't know i'm just trying to come up with something similar agents Um, you know who knows yeah i but again like no matter the news it's one of those things like whenever i hear news i go oh yeah that's that's good news because that means they're still working on it they're still doing it and i i'm just I'm so stoked for this show. I really think it's going to be really good. Um, and uh, yeah, I agree with what you were saying, John, that for some reason, and I think it's probably because the picture on Star Wars Newsnight has her in a military outfit. I picked it. But yeah, I mean, like if you're putting, a, if you're putting, um, if you're saying that this, this person is going to play a lead, uh, you got to think it's got to be rebellion related, right? So right, what do you think, Lacey? Empire or something obviously that's Maybe. true the other yeah. side of said military i i could see it being yeah. something you know i saw the same things you guys saw where it was like could it be his sister could it be someone related to him could it be someone that he's worked with that then betray betrays him and goes to the empire could it be someone that's working for him on the in, on the inside of the empire i just think it's going to be one of those scenarios and i hope it's not but i feel like it's going to be is we have to get to the point where we see Cassian in rogue one and he's like a very bitter person in Rogue One. So something had to happen to get him to that point where he doesn't care about things and he's just doing what he needs to do to get stuff done. Because you don't just end up that way. Like stuff has to go wrong for you to get to that point that you get. I mean, in that he's act. been in the fight since he was six years old. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I think it's different. It's a little different than Han's trajectory, right? I'm not saying it's necessarily Han's trajectory. I'm just saying it's maybe a similar thread in the sense of. You don't start off being that jaded and negative. And you he think, is very uh, negative. Do you you think one. we'll get like a different type of Cassian in this show, you're saying? I don't know about that. I just think that we're going to get instances where he realizes how much there is to lose. Mm. Like not yeah, necessarily I, like mean. I'm saying like the stakes have to be set before mm. he gets to Rogue One. Yeah. Where he's willing to yeah. risk it all. And, and and I think you're right. I think I think anybody anybody who's like 100 percent constantly like 
like war and without any hope or whatever mm -hmm. is is probably going to be pretty messed up. So I think at at points in Cassian's life he's going to have some levity. You oh. know what I mean? I think you you got to think too like even even Jin is able to kind of win him over right. and she kind of lets him in. All right, I trust you now. And think about her right? life compared to his life. Her life she was like basically ditched by her parents, ditched by the people that she was with when she was 16 left somewhere. And then she's like yeah. in jail and stuff. When you feel bad for her parents to say they ditched her, then they try to like protect her. I'm saying from her perspective. Yeah. She sees it as she got left behind, then yeah. get left behind again. Yep. Imagine being buried in a bunker yep. and Saw Gerrera is the person who comes find you. <laughs> Some guy opens well, the lid. She knew since he was real little. A child. <laughs> You're like, I'm not your child. <laughs> sir, I don't know you. Yeah, sir, Stranger this is danger. a bunker. <laughs> she knows him. No, I think We're I just figured, kidding. I think We're I figured kidding. it out, guys. Okay. I figured it out. <laughs> the whole plot. Oh, great. Here we go. So you brought up the six-year-old thing, right, James? Got to bring Invader. It's your biggest asset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he may show up. <laughs> I'm thinking if it's possible she is this lead role thing, even though they said we have no information, they like kind of counter contradicted themselves there contradicted mm. hello john welcome to vocabulary um if she has a major role and lacy you're saying like you talk about loss like all these things are spinning in my head what if this is a like bruce wayne rachel dawes situation where like she was also in the fight when she was six years old and we see them as kids as six yeah. like we're gonna see casting as a six-year-old they set that up in rogue one like they're gonna show a flashback of him as a kid what if they grew up together, similar families? They both went in different directions. I'm not saying like a Lost Stars thing. I'm not talking about that. But then, you know, they're adults and she gets killed or something, which does make him get a little more, you know, man, screw the Empire, screw all this stuff and, and whatever. Not even that. He has nothing else to lose at that point. Like, I'm, yeah. So I'm thinking, like, what if this is like a similar, like a Rachel Dawes and Bruce Wayne type of situation where we do see them as kids, kind of like at the beginning of Batman Begins, and then we see them kind of grow up and they both went on different paths. Um, but they come, like, fate brings them back together during this war or something like that. And they don't try to push the romance too hard, but you could, you know, work that angle. And this is obviously 100% speculation because we literally know nothing about the character. She's definitely dying. So, so, <laughs> she, well, yeah, that's, that's what I, I mean. was going to say. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she dies. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, I was like, you didn't say what I thought you were going to say, which is it's she's like uh, her death causes him to be like blank. Well, that's what I was implying, anyway. yeah. yeah. Okay, as soon yeah, as they yeah. announced this character, I was like, oh, there goes another person who's going to die. Like the Star Wars page to, to Rachel Dawes. The page Tico I thought you of, were... uh, the Cassian series. <laughs> what? When, when you... Um... Everyone predicted Paige Tico's death. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, Rose um, has a, oh, this person has a sister and she's not in any of the promotional tours or marketing. She's dying in the first five minutes of the movie. And everyone's like, I agree. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I just thought you were implying the more, at first I thought you were doing the Megan Gyllenhaal version of Rachel. The whole uh, Which is, I think, thing. yeah, ultimately. But then I thought the more you were talking about it, you might've been talking like Katie Holmes, like just reunited. But yeah, it's a good, good, uh, good character to compare to because it's kind of both angles mm -hmm. you know who they um, recast rachel obviously yeah. you know mm -hmm. who they do that yeah. with doctor who <laughs> they do 
Oh, yo, are you trying to get me to talk about Doctor Who now? Because we talked about So John it has never seen Doctor Who, and yeah. he didn't realize that he wasn't an actual doctor. Little so fourth wall breaking right. here. So he yeah. thought the show was uh, a European house. <laughs> yeah. So everyone always talks about Doctor Friggin Who, and I'm like, I am. I don't know what channel it's on. I'm too lazy to find out. BBC. I just switched from cable to Hulu TV. Hello, Hulu. I love you. Like three um, days ago. On five. You're like, I switched to it. Yeah, like literally yesterday. Yes, it all happened at once. It was great. It was freeing. Very freeing. It was like it was like when Han and Chewie bust out of the chains and, and get out of Mimbin. Um but I yeah, I just have no interest in Doctor Who, whatever, and people are always talking about it. So I'm like, guys, I have to be honest. And this was on one of our the Patreon videos, but I was like, I couldn't even tell you what I think Doctor Who is about. I I think it's about a doctor. And you're like, no, it's about an alien who is trying to save humans and he shapeshifts. I'm like, I would not have guessed that in a million years. He doesn't shapeshift, but yeah, it's, it's sort of, yeah. You're still trying to piece it all together, but still. He's in a phone booth. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, she's dying. By the way, Bill and Ted comes out in a couple weeks. I'm pretty That's going to that. tank so bad. Oh, my God. Oh, well, it's not. we're not going to even hear the numbers, really. <laughs> They're going straight to video. Mm-hmm. They're opening in theaters, too, though, though. They are opening in theaters, but I think like any any number that is like a bad number, they're going to be like, yeah, but you should have seen the numbers that we and then they just won't tell us mm-hmm. these numbers probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, but anyway, one, one final thing. We've said it a couple times in this, um, the whole like she landed a lead role, but we have no details on the character. I, 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 I understand that could be contradictory, but also just like to think of it this way, like we know she's playing a lead role. But we actually don't know her character's name, her character's backstory. I, I get it. How, I do. Yeah, right. yeah. So it's not not to completely throw them under the bus. They do have the story, but they just don't know anything about the the canon character. No. Yeah. 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 Um. Well, while we're on the topic of uh, live action television coming to Disney Plus, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about this uh, interview? with uh, everybody's favorite composer, Ludwig Jorhensen, right? He's actually right now promoting um, some other stuff. And it, did he do the score for Christopher Nolan's Tenet? Yeah. He did. He did? Yeah. I did not know that. So he's actually doing the, the promotion for that. And he was asked about The Mandalorian. And he just had some really kind things to say about the second season and how they already started working on it and... And uh, he's really excited about the show and the direction that it's go. Even even some stuff about John Williams. Lacey, what did you think about this, uh, about him, you know, having a little bit of time to shine here about The Mandalorian again? So I love every interview that he's in because he just, again, seems like such a nice person. Like, I could chill with him for hours, I'm sure, and it would be so interesting. Um, but this interview as a whole is, like, a lot of stuff we've already learned, like how he mm-hmm. got involved with John Favreau, what it's like to work with John Favreau. Um, he talked about John Williams, which I feel like he talked about in the docu-series for The Mandalorian, where he talked about creating the music and recreating the feeling he felt when he was little, when it resembled John Williams and how he felt watching Star Wars for the first time, that he was trying to re- recreate that same feeling for a younger generation. I feel like I I, lear- I knew that already. I felt super smart reading this article. I was yeah. like, I already know that. Um, <laughs> Old news. I already know that. What else you got, <laughs> Ludwig? <laughs> So anyway, the one thing that did stand out to me was him saying that he is working on season two, was has obviously already seen it, is 
interested in all the new directions and places that he's taking the story. And I immediately was like, what does it mean? What places? Where are you going? Yeah. And then that's it. That's all he says. He's like, they're going to new places. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Which is interesting because it could be literal or figurative. Right. Like right, right. going to places that I didn't know existed, unknown regions, or places I didn't know existed like... Mando's house. <laughs> uh, no, no, not even. That's still physical. I'm trying to think like places like, oh, I didn't know that was Star Wars. I didn't know Star Wars could be a murder mystery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or musical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, John, what do you, what do, anything coming out of this? Just, or are you kind of equal with Lacey? Just trying to, um, you know, it's speculation nation at this point. Um, I got my tinfoils hats on and I am ready. Uh, so I just take that little nugget he says about um favreau saying or him saying he didn't know favreau could take the story and i i took it as taking the story in places he didn't realize that it could go um because he in the documentary the disney gallery thing he definitely is a narrative based music uh composer he tells the story with the music he really believes in that so i think he does dial himself in to the story and i don't see him it's very peripheral for me with him i don't see him as a very big star wars fan so i don't think he's like oh my god i can't believe they're bringing in blah you know or something like we've heard it before like a like a star wars nerd like us would do i think he means narratively he didn't think that favreau would push the envelope in terms of story direction i didn't think we were going to go from this to this so this to me, even though it's I'm speculating here and it's just off this little nugget of, of a quote, I think this is another thing telling us that Favreau's not done pushing the envelope and taking risks with this show. The first season, even though it's a big success and we look back on it now as a safe thing, it was the first live action Star Wars show. That's a lot of pressure and a risk in itself because they didn't know how it was going to deliver. It could have fell flat. Mm -hmm. If Favreau hadn't done something like that before, he's big, he used big blockbuster movies. So that was a big success. Now it looks more safe. But going into it, it was a risk. He took all these, like Filoni called them, D characters that nobody cared about and made them fun to play with. I think he's pushing it again now. He's like, you like that, what we did? Let's try this. And he's going <laughs> to try uh, take us in a, in a new direction and like maybe bring in you know a couple of familiar people that we know from other mediums but also uh take us on a on a journey that we're not expecting with mando so it excites me and again that's just me speculating um but trying to connect the dots based on what type of composer ludwig is and how he would be dialed into what favreau's doing uh so from that angle i think um it could be very interesting what they do from a narrative standpoint i just picture john yeah. in his house with like a wall length dry erase board and just writing the phrase out of like taking it into new direction, being like, what does it mean? And then like drawing lines to like circles Favreau? to pictures. No, you. Oh, me? Oh, oh, like Charlie Because there's Day? nothing going like... on. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. Ah! Like Pepe Silva. <laughs> yeah. There's like nothing going on right now. So everyone's just like, what does he mean by this word choice? I got to get my red string and connect yeah. all the little uh, thumbtacks. Yeah. It definitely is about the biggest thing out of that story in with it, as far as him talking about Star Wars because all the other stuff, like you said, Lacey, is just like, you know, uh, John Williams is great and this is how I met 
this is how I got involved with the project. It's like, hey, we kind of already knew about this. We things. all know John um, Williams is great. Do you think there's a John Williams quota for all new Star Wars composers? They have to talk about him at least once in every interview. <laughs> or do you think the I interviewers like are you... so, um, I don't want to say not creative, but like they feel obligated. Softball or question. Like, Gotta bring up John Williams, right? Yeah, yeah. softball. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, like he, I mean, great. he even says it in, in this John thing. Williams. He's like, music, right? Yeah. He's the he he wrote the the greatest music of all time. If if not that, then the most famous, the most popular, sure. or whatever. Yeah. So it's sure. like you know, geez. Um, I I didn't know he was doing Tenet. Just as a side note, that that's actually another big get. I mean, this that guy went from we'll Black Panther see. to The Mandalorian to Tenet. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, it's just sex that we'll never see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the release date is tentative. So. Yeah. yeah, you've used it 17 yeah. times, John. <laughs> or maybe 12, or maybe 2, well, you know or what, maybe 35. We don't know, because that's the thing the about Christopher anymore. Nolan. Yeah. What? Put out the movie. I won't use the joke anymore. Yeah. Um, See you guys in 2021. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, guys, we got some other stories here. Uh, you guys want to talk holiday special? I know it's been around... Uh, a while but i see it here in the show notes and i guess that's news and oh wait no hold on hold on uh, james, lego james is doing the fake i'm surprised lego <laughs> star wars <laughs> holiday special yeah it's coming uh it's coming to disney plus actually um they announced this it's like what is it like 47 minutes or something yeah, like that yeah. yeah they're they're just uh they're doing it they're gonna make it kind of in the the sequel trilogy era with uh with all the the new characters and stuff but um I the, I was looking, you know, at some comments here, and I just saw everybody going. This is probably the best way to handle this. That's not my opinion. I'm just saying that was what it seemed like the vibe was. Is it kind of felt like it was a win-win? You get to do a holiday special without it being a holiday special or messing with anything. So, um, John, what did you think of uh, this kind of surprise news? I, I think it's interesting. I think it's fun. Um, I think it's a little weird. Um, because they're like, it's taking place after, you know, the rise of Skywalker. So we're going to see what's going on after the rise of Skywalker. But then you realize it's, you know, it's not really canon or anything like that. Um, I mean, I hope I get to see a Lego B. Arthur. I think that'd be wonderful. Quite frankly. <laughs> they're going to do it. Yeah, they got to <laughs> do it, right? Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, I the, the holiday special is so funny to me. And this is kind of, I was saying this in our Discord with... um our uh, resistance officer patrons like it's so bad that people jokingly pretend to like it to be funny but then they've been doing it for so long that they forgot they were joking and people are like wait do i like it and then they watch it again and they're like no 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 I don't, I don't like it i don't like it at all here's why i disagree john Nobody likes it. That's right. No, that, but that's what I'm saying. No one actually really yeah. likes it. I actually do. I think it's what? funny. Really? Yeah. Did I, did I tell you guys a couple years you ago? You need to watch it again. Yeah. I think you're a falling into John's ago, thing. <laughs> Matt went to New York Comic Con one day without me, and he came home, and he's like, Lacey, I got you something Star Wars. I'm like so proud because like, he's always like trying to find me something, but he knows that I have so much stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he goes, here, I got this for you. And he goes in his backpack. He hands me DVD. It's a DVD of the holiday special. Oh, my God. Did he buy it on the street corner? <laughs> he bought it on New York Comic Con's, like, show floor. It's amazing. Like, some DVD guy had it. And I was like, how did you get 
this. Wow. George Lucas is like, no. <laughs> it's probably a, it's got to be a, a knockoff, right? It wasn't like a, an official. No, it was a copy. Someone copied the movie. Well, yeah, yeah right, actually, yeah. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, they would have never released a DVD. That would have been years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do like uh, Poe Dameron in an ugly Christmas sweater, though. I'll say that. So here's the thing. That's my favorite. Obviously, a special for kids, right? It's Lego, it's for kids, it's Star Wars, it's supposed to be funny and cutesy, and hey, have some fun, learn some life lessons, call it a day. And I totally get that it's not canon. Like, the Lego games and stuff are kind of canon, but kind of not. Like, they go through the events of Star Wars movies, but they don't hold true to them. Like, they put jokey stuff in there that you wouldn't obviously see in a normal star wars movie i actually do not know the the canon of lego considering there's the freemaker adventures and i thought those were Mm. not canon and i've heard that they are and it's just confusing i'm gonna be honest i don't know like the ins and outs of lego canon but i just know that like Mm -hmm. they try their best to follow along to the story but then they'll put in little moments here and there that don't make sense to the adult version but it's because it's for kids the thing i don't get about this which first of all I laughed when I read the plot because when we were talking about our predictions for episode nine, I was like, okay, so like, or episode 10, I was like, okay, so like Ray's going to go on a journey and look for Jedi stuff, but like, I don't know where it goes from there, but she's just going on a journey. And then I'm reading this plot and I'm like, wow, my guess was really bad if this is what I'm reading for this Lego movie where she goes on a Jedi trip and like goes back in time. It's like my nightmare. Time travel in Star Wars is my nightmare. Um, But the one thing that kind of threw me off is it's the rise of Skywalker. Obviously, they said it's not necessarily canon, but... They said that there's a part where Palpatine, Vader, and Kylo Ren are together, Mm -hmm. which makes (laughs) no sense because Palpatine was basically admitting that he harassed Kylo Ren and like ruined his life and got his whole family killed. He's not going to be chilling with him. I think people need to look at this as like robot chicken. Like, and that's fine. That's totally fine. But reading it on paper, I was like, wait, what? And the guy was like, it's going to be super fun. I was like, what? That's, they're just goofing around. Like, that's all this is. Like, And, and there's going to be fans who are going to try to grasp at straws and, and make this be some sort of like hint of what's to come. And uh, it, <laughs> like, I just don't understand why, you know, we're we're getting almost to a year, right? We're a little over halfway through 2020. Why is this the first piece of content we're getting post Rise of Skywalker? Why is it a Lego holiday special and not a book or a comic or anything else? That's my question. And it's rhetorical. No one has to answer it. I don't think that's crazy, right? I would think that we would get something. I think because they don't Or give us a plan of something. I think a lot of that has to do with... Because um, didn't they cancel the comic series that's supposed to take place? They canceled no. something. Yeah, they, 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 that was a rumor that was going around, and I actually tweeted that, and I was like, what's this? And then like a week or two later, they clarified that, 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 that it's still happening. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I think the reason is this. I think they want to keep the pathway of this in their pocket to bring back if they need to in terms of Ray and the legacy um, evergreen characters. 
and they want to be able to whoever comes to do it and tell the new story be able to give them as blank a canvas as possible for the first time ever in a Skywalker saga where you're not tied to Luke, Leia, Han, and you could tell, take right. Ray on an adventure. If right. you start telling canon stories in books and comics and stuff, you start funneling that down into a finer point where like, well, I wanted to do this, but you made her do this in this comic and book. So I think they're waiting to see what the big picture is first before they start throwing us. Yeah, the, the second one just, comic says, I'm, I'm going to go and eat slushies because that's my favorite thing and that's the thing I wanted to do. Right. Then they have to somehow incorporate her journey to eat slushies. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Like the comic yeah, no, writer. I hear what you're saying. I just, I don't know. I guess it goes back into my discussion of like the future of Star Wars of like where are things going if everyone's like, we're getting a Lego special. And I'm like, to to be clear, if anybody hasn't read the the synopsis for it, basically she's she goes off on a journey to learn more about the Force, and in the process of going through mysterious Jedi, te- yeah, with BB, in the process of going through the Jedi Temple, she somehow kind of like world between worlds ish, and it's just a very it's a simple way for and say how how can we have Ray interact with prequel and original trilogy characters and stuff like that. That's all. That's all they're wanting to do. And it sounds like I Christmas wouldn't be Carol. surprised too if like Kylo Ren was like behind her, like <laughs> followed her in, and then he kind of like causes havoc, sort of. You right, know what I mean? Right. It's it sounds like like um. <laughs> Like, not Back to the Future, but, like, maybe Back to the Future, the ride. Like, Biff <laughs> stole the DeLorean. Oh, <laughs> like, man. Yeah. I was going to say, you it sounds like mean? Christmas Carol to me. Like, she's going to the past, present, and future, or whatever, but just Sure, something, yeah. Yeah, that that's probably a fair analogy. Like, you know, I, I think it's just going to be a silly, fun 45-minute romp, and honestly. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be down, funny, I'm sure, but. Yeah, like, even my son, he's, like, two. He'll probably, like, get a kick out of some of the visuals, like, it's not like that's how you gotta look at this thing. I think you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also it's we don't think it's funny because we're gonna of get course, holiday of special course, jokes. But you you yeah. kind of ask questions when you're reading the story on paper that you're like, wait, what? Yeah, mm-hmm. but what, maybe it'll make more sense. What if they throw it? like Will Ferrell in as President of Business as like a villain? Bring in your Twitter jokes over. <laughs> that was a, an RB joke. People like that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um. What's next? Oh, other games, right? Uh, new details on the Visceral game that was canceled a long time ago. Um, now, this was supposed to be a, like a an open-world kind of single-player Star Wars game that was actually looking like pretty promising, um, and we actually got more details now that kind of s- continue to say the same thing. Like, yeah, uh, we were really excited about it, and we thought maybe we had something that could be game of the year potential. And here's why it kind of here's a just a basic overview of how it kind of fell apart between people moving uh, in studios. Uh, you can read more about the actual details there on StarWarsNewsNet.com. But um, Lacey, uh, you you're probably the the most heavy into video games here. You want to talk about this? Yeah. So this was a story that really caught my attention in the past week because it was a canceled game. Which at first headline, you're like, okay, so what? But then you get into the nitty gritty of what the game was and like how they had announced it at E3 and it was a part of this bigger picture plan and they had a whole reel that they played with Battlefront and Jedi Fallen Order and everything like that. And this game was supposed to feature a character that was like part Han Solo, part Star-Lord 
an adventure game with all these cool levels that they had had built already. And the story was by um, a creative Amy Hennig. And she's like one of the best in the industry that like her games are the best. So there's a big question mark around the people that worked on this game of what happened and why did this happen? Because it was so promising to the point that they'd start building building it and you could see screenshots mm-hmm. of gameplay and they said that the gameplay still exists somewhere um and obviously we got jedi fallen order which everybody loves from ea um but it's just kind of a question of what's going on and when i read the article what stuck out to me is that it just seemed like once again i don't know if it's because disney and lucasfilm just branched out in all these different aspects of content too quickly and couldn't manage all these different projects. But it's like another project that falls into that list of it seemed really unorganized. People didn't understand what was going on. They kept changing their minds. You know, the people that started out on the project that were super excited about it then left to go to other game studios to work on other projects. And then executives came in and were like, no, we actually really want to do this again. And then those people had left already, so they just closed the studio and called it a day. So naturally, you have these people that are like, I put so much time, effort, and passion into this video game. Why did this happen? And why, seemingly, is EA and Lucasfilm so disorganized that this happened? And that's what stuck out to me, because I was like, here's another example of a project that had so much promise and interest and passionate people that are behind it that didn't work out and you can't help but wonder like what is going on to the point that once again Doug Chang is in this reel talking about how he came up with the look of the game and all these characters and he was happy to come in and design stuff and it just it's it's bringing me back moments from High Republic where we're seeing Doug Chang talking about bringing character ideas and all this development and you're like there is a constant thread here and I'm just trying to figure out what it all means but it's just I am someone that would love more content than less. So when I see something like this that was in a certain direction that looked really, really cool, that potentially the people that are working on it said it could be the best game ever created, mm. you can't help but wonder what happened. Do you know yeah. what uh, time frame this was supposed to be in? Did they reveal that? It was supposed to come out in 2018. Now, the it, time like frame in story, for the game. Is there... Um... Oh, it was... Um, so... I don't know if they said that specifically, but it first order logos are on the banners. It's first order, not empire. Okay. I don't think it's empire. Let me look at the picture really quick. But well, what, what, it wasn't what, what the same got, time frame as Jedi Fallen Order. It was a different time frame with brand new characters and brand new stories. Well, they said because you know I I've talked to people about that's empire. It is empire. Not first order. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, I've talked to people about this sort of thing, um, I think, like, last year. I forget. But it's kind of like like less, I think, being unorganized and more of, like, priority based on the hierarchy for medium types. And, like, they'll be, sure. like... So it turns out they want to develop something about this on this type of medium or they want to do this on tv so we can't do this on game anymore or they don't want to they're not interested in doing this in a game anymore or you need to change this like story group goes to disney 
in Lucasfilm goes back to the game company and like relays these messages and say, this is not going to work anymore. You right. need to change this. And I feel so bad for the people who work on those games because I can't imagine how much work goes into making those. And then they're like, you need to, it's like, it's like building one of those fancy sand castles on a beach that wins awards and it's like 30 feet long. And then like a wave just comes up and just swallows it and it's gone. And they're like, build a different one. It, it, like that's so crushing. And I feel so bad for those people who put that work mm -hmm. in, especially when they say, like you say, it was supposed to be the best ever. But I think it's that thing where it's like, they don't care if people worked on it. They're like, we, something else came up where we, this isn't going to work for us. So you need to either change it or it's just not going to work. And it's very cutthroat sure. in that way, um, which is unfortunate. But I mean, I, you know, I'm not a big gamer, but hearing it's hard to not be disappointed when you hear them say that they think this could have been the best game ever. Imagine the chaos that would be caused if a document ever leaked with all the projects that were ever stopped or said no to. Oh, my God. <laughs> could you imagine? They're like, well, solo I too. Yeah. <laughs> I... I'll say this on this particular story. I believe I have a very different take than you guys do on this. And maybe I'm misunderstanding the story, but I don't think that this is Lucasfilm making the decision here. No, it sounded I, like EA was. Yeah. So, so my thoughts on this is like, okay, so, so like you go to hot topic, right? And you buy a star Wars shirt. Like Lucasfilm does not have people that are making star Wars shirts. These sure. are people that work at hot topic who are make the shirts. They come up with the designs. They, they may be able to talk to someone who works like in an apparel apartment or whatever. And they're like, Hey, here's the, here's the characters and here's what we're looking for or whatever. But ultimately at the end of the day, it's, it's hot topic who is creating the content and then they're getting the approval and the okay to license. And it's right. an officially licensed piece of product. Um, EA, I, if I'm not mistaken, they're obviously m more involved, more heavily involved in this type of stuff. But they I have saw the license, this as, I think they license it. Like it goes even further. Yeah. They like, they, they have the exclusive the license. Right. Yeah. But, but I, I, I see EA goes to, Lucasfilm and they say hey we want to be the people who make your games and they go cool you got the contract and they, they set up three games sure. and EA's management of the first two games were, were fine they they went through um, I guess you could maybe say three games because Battlefront and Battlefront 2 uh, along with Fallen Order but for whatever reason this game was like its own department under Visceral. So even sure. EA is a major conglomerate here is still licensing out to Visceral saying, hey, get this stuff together. And then EA is like pulling people off of the project to go work over here and mm -hmm. over here and over mm -hmm. here. And I I think when you guys were describing this story, I got the impression that you're like, this is Lucasfilm that doesn't have it together. No, and no, no, no. I, I said EA. Uh, yeah, and that's not what I said. Man, I really took I it as both of you said that. You're like, said, this is just another example of. Yeah, no, but like the High Republic and they just can't get it together. And uh, all right. I was just well, pulling comparisons, but I said it was EA. It was EA. That... So this is. This good. this to me is is not anything that has to do with with Lucasfilm. It's just a. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's 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 like a missed opportunity, but it, it's weird to me. It's kind of like hearing a story about like a book or something that like an author like had a really good thing going on, but then I don't know. It just it 
he would he i don't know a family member died and he wasn't able to write the book <laughs> whatever you know sure it has nothing to do with disorganization at lucasfilm and and has more to do with ea and i feel like as a at a whole we're this type of stuff is probably happening fairly often mm-hmm. um even when we hear we keep hearing all these rumors about different television shows that are happening and stuff it's like I'm sure at some point they're kicking around a couple different ideas and they're working on them. And, and the the only thing that I would say that's different here is the fact that this was a little bit more like announced. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but I, stage, but I think yeah. it just kind of like got to got further in the process. And EA said, Hey, if, if you want us, if we are to deliver on all these other products that we put out, including other star Wars properties, mm-hmm. we're going to have to cut the ties with this one because it doesn't seem to be working anymore. Like I said, all the details are in the article as far as like they had good story writers and then the story writers were gone. So then they're like, well, we don't have anything anymore. Anybody who was good at that stuff is, yeah. is you moved them. You, yeah. you moved them yeah. off the project. So it's not, it's not our fault. Um, it's just kind of like a, 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 an unorganized EA. Now EA is still like massive and they're still successful. Some people don't like them. Um, a lot of people don't like them, but I, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, it's just kind of one of those things like things don't make the cutting room floor, you know, sure. they just don't, they don't always, uh, not everything you start makes it, uh, to the, to the shelves, I guess. To, to clarify, so. I said it, it, they are organized, but they use medium hierarchy in terms of saying like, because of this happening now up here this game isn't going to work with what we're doing with story. And I was told that that is a thing that happens. And I don't know, I don't know game production. Yeah. But I still feel like that's you saying Lucasfilm is, is saying, Hey, this isn't working. Yes. But but that's not being unorganized. It's saying like, I'm glad you guys are working on this, but this project that will make the company 800% more in profit has this story with this timeline that, that kind of counteracts what this mm-hmm. is going on with this game. So we got to put a squash on that because this director and this writer want to do this. Yeah. So I, it, I, I hear you, but yeah. that's not part of the story at all. But I'm saying why going into why a game may be canceled. That's a big part of it. And, and I, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not sure in terms of like video game productions, how far along a game would be, where they'll squash it in terms of how often that happens. This sounds like this thing was like, there was gameplay involved. So it sounds like this thing was late mm-hmm. in the process, like stomped out. Yeah. But I don't know. I think you guys are saying the same thing, James. I think I got you a little confused. because I, I don't up, <laughs> brought up. Doug I, I'm still hearing John and I'm going, that's what I thought he was saying. And uh, I'm like, I, I don't think that's the case at all. I'm telling you, I was told from pretty reliable sources that that happens, but you can, not believe that. Yeah, no, I believe it. that that happens. Okay. I just don't. I just don't think that is happening at all in this particular story. But I definitely think like okay. a book or a comic or a television show potentially, maybe you know. Yeah. Um, but I just I don't know that that. I mean, that's not what this particular person was. That's not the story they were telling. It was never like then stuff happened that we can't really talk about. Oh, yeah. It was I don't think, more like yeah. people take it was disorgan- unorganized EA and how they were handling it. And it didn't really have anything to do with Lucasfilm ever really putting their foot down on something that caused the project to be swayed so hard that it 
made it fall apart. Um, also, the person being so it was interviewed like Lucasfilm was was an innocent bystander in this. I think it was just EA mm-hmm. saying, "We can promise you a game." Are bad. We didn't meet the deadline, so the game's not coming out. Kind of thing. That, and I also think there has to be a side of it that you're hearing it from the point of the view of the person giving the interview. So he might, he or she might only know yeah, sure. the EA side and not know the Lucasfilm yeah. side. So potentially, that's absolutely true right. too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just saying that to to me, this story read like it, it was somebody saying it was it, it was EA's fault. And I could a- almost hear a tone of like, so don't blame Lucasfilm mm-hmm. on this at all. Mm-hmm. It was totally our company that like messed this thing up. So, right. Um, uh, man, we've talked a lot about a lot of these stories. We still got one more too. Um, just a quick one. Um, we already knew that the uh, stories of Light and Dark, which was a cl- like a Clone Wars centric book, was coming out. Uh, but we kind of got news last week that they're actually doing it in an audio book. And the cool thing about it is that it's going to be read by s- similar to kind of you say like maybe the the Count Dooku stuff or the Dr. Aphra thing. They're actually going to bring in a bunch of the cast members from the Clone Wars to do the audio book and they're reprising their roles. So it's kind of a, a neat little thing that's happening. And that's coming out um, on the 25th. Um, so I imagine this would be somewhere around a... Uh, celebration release sean what did you think of uh is this something you are interested in no but i I think it's cool that um this is for kids uh they say it's a good way to get kids uh into the story of the clone wars by not retelling but sort of um a different perspective on some of the events of the clone wars it says ages 8 to 12 um i think that's a good reminder of what these things are really all about i know people don't like when i say that but it's that's it's just the reality of it, especially you know this type of thing. I'm not saying um, the Clone Wars in general is, is just for kids, but this project I think is almost like a gateway thing to help um, kids get into what can be an overwhelming amount of storytelling in the Clone Wars. Because I mean, 140 plus episodes or whatever it is for seven seasons, this day and age uh, for 21 minutes each for an attention span of an adult is a lot, let alone a kid to have them sit down on, and barrel through that. So this might be sure. a way to spark something inside them to want to get involved especially in audiobook you know you're in the car and it's you know summer i know we're not going on vacations and stuff but you got to start taking kids to school or whatever and you're in the car with them maybe pop this on and they're like they get their imagination going they're hearing the voices and it could be a good way uh to introduce kids to um that story so i think it's um i think i you know i think it's a cool venture and, and a smart idea for them um to do that yeah Lacey, any interest in the audiobook I actually might check this out because I'm a big fan of audiobooks, so this might might get my attention. Um, I just want to put out an apology to Stephen Ford that Matt Lanter is once again <laughs> reprising his role oh, Stephen. Oh, as Anakin. What could have been? I saw the, the cast list and I was like, again. <laughs> Stephen Ford is the, the Pete Lanter. Best of the Clone Wars, the guy who didn't make it in the Beatles. Um, but the other thing, too, as always... Gets me excited of what other stories are going to do in this format. Um, I would love an audiobook style of like the sequel cast. Like that would be awesome for me. So I'm hoping to see this continue on in a cool format that, you know, podcasts are more popular than ever. So this makes total sense that they would then go into this way for books as well. Sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting because because uh, when they originally announced the the book, I I. I assumed that it would not have an audiobook. Uh, 
Mm. I just kind of thought it was like, um, you know, fun little like short stories or something. Right. Now that they're doing the audiobook, I'm I'm interested. I imagine I will probably get a um like a review copy of it. So you might see it on book discussions, you may not, I'm not really sure. It actually the book releases before other books that I already am in the process of reading come out. So mm-hmm. you would have thought they would have already sent this to me. But I don't know. It's kind of it, it's interesting and I'm excited. Um, John, you mentioned when kids might do this. I don't know how long each one of the stories are, but these could be like these could be like um, like bedtime stories. You know, like you go sure. upstairs, yeah. you put it on yeah. and yeah. You, you listen to a story. You go through the whole adventure and then your kid goes to bed and, and they, they can't wait till, to go to bed the next night because they get another Clone Wars adventure. Even better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go to bed. But, but yeah, if it's anywhere close to say like they did like myths and fables, those were on an audiobook and those were fairly interesting mm-hmm. to listen to. And, um, they're just neat little stories. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm excited for it. Um, uh, well that, wow, guys, that's it. That's a lot of news. Um, let's get to the last couple things we do in our show. Um, what's up, Lacey? So guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So as you guys know, there's a lot of different ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe. You can subscribe on all our audio apps, which would be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean. I don't know. There's like new ones every day. You can follow (laughs) us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. Too many letters. Uh... Follow us on Twitter. No, I just said that. Follow us on Instagram at the Resistance Broadcast. Um, mm-hmm. And on top of that, if you want more, even more content than that, you can head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. So like we talked about at the top of the show, you get early access to a lot of stuff that we're doing. You get mini episodes. We do polls. Uh, there's group chats and all different stuff starting at $2 a month. So for our top tier, our generals, this is a section of the show that we really let them become part of the show. Um, so first of all, I want to thank our generals. So thank you, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Bethany, Russ Harbison, and Gen... <laughs> oh my gosh. Kendall Kelnar. <laughs> I almost said Gendel Kelnar. Kendall It's a good Kelnar. Star Wars name. That the is Kendall a great is. Star Wars name. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you guys so much for your support. It means so much to us. This week, we have a rotation slot in here, which is cool. We get someone different in for these rotation spicy. slots, which is Spicy Micah Harrison, our general. Uh, so this week, we asked him, with Lucasfilm set to begin making more Star Wars movies without the Skywalkers, what makes a Star Wars movie a Star Wars movie to you? So Micah, take it away. Hey, guys. Um, three things that every Star Wars movie has to have is uh, a sand planet, alien song and dance number, and blue or green milk. That's it from me. No, uh, but really, Star Wars has always been more of a feeling than a list of things that make it what it is for me. It's belonging. Every Star Wars movie from each era has made me feel like a part of something larger, just like how every character from... A New Hope to Rogue One ends up finding a family or, you know, a makeshift family of friends and 
comrades. Um, I mean, I've found the same thing in the Star Wars community too. Um, uh, growing up, you know, the thing that I liked the most was the, the joy and hope I got from some of the themes like, um, a higher purpose and, and having, um, you know, you fight for your friends no matter what. You stand up to evil no matter where it comes from, even if it's from your family, your father in that scenario. Um, and you stand by your beliefs even when everyone says it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Um, believing in your friends and having faith in something larger than yourself is what Star Wars is to me. And as long as they keep that feeling and a couple totally awesome lightsaber fights, I don't think Star Wars has a expiration date anytime soon. Um, thanks for the question. May the force be with you. Well done, Micah. Excellent job. First of all, nice t-shirt. Mm. He's wearing our Mando fan show shirt. You yeah. can get that at Teespring slash user slash teespring.com slash stores slash resistance broadcast. That's the one. I, you can go there. I also think you can go teespring.com slash Mando Fan Show or TRB Mando Fan Show, something like that. I think it's TRB Mando Fan Show. Yeah, but if try you them want, all out, and hopefully they're know, not bad. Not. Try them all out. <laughs> <laughs> I should write this down before I go. Okay. Uh, anyway, first of all, I did write down what you wrote, Micah. So I'm going to run through a couple of things that you noted. Uh, first of all, no more sand. I don't want any more sand in Star Wars. We've hmm. had enough. Uh, I would love an alien musical number, and I completely agree with you that. Star Wars, more than anything else, is about finding that sense of belonging and, and your kind of misfit family that becomes your family after you go on crazy adventures with them, which is kind of what we have here on TRB is these guys came out of nowhere. And now I'm stuck with them. I have no choice. You're talking about us? Yeah. Oh. I'm kidding. How do you do? All right. James, what did you think? Um, no, it was good. But real quick, it is slash teespring.com slash the mando fan show hey there it is nice and easy (laughs) um okay yeah no i i like this uh at first i thought he was dead serious i thought you were really like honestly saying sand planet and you know alien dance numbers and stuff and i was like oh wow this is this is gonna be interesting micah loves the first Um, 15 minutes of return of the jedi only (laughs) yeah i all I also thought too, cause he, cause you know, he does the like fake out thing and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this was like super short. He didn't know what to say. Um, I, uh, I, 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 I like the answer. Obviously all these things are very star Wars related. I couldn't help but think I've, I have to find a movie that is about, you know, friendship and finding belonging and stuff that has nothing to do with star Wars and just send it to him and be like, here's just another star Wars movie for you, man. <laughs> just all, here's all the things that you say. Uh, as long as they do these things, it'll be a Star Wars movie to you. Because um, I felt like the most common answers were going to be like, well, it's got to have lightsabers. It's got to have he the did force. Say that. He Saber did say lightsabers. So. Oh, all right, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, but good answer. And I'm glad you got to do the, the pod race. Good one. John? So, yeah, Micah, you... Um, I, I know you have this reputation on our uh, resistance in the resistance base on Patreon of being the spicy one. You are the spice runner right now <laughs> out of all of our resistance officers, no matter what the rank. So I was like, I can't just give him a spicy topic. I, I want to hit him here. And I want, I want, I want to see this Micah and you deliver. So 
Um, but I agree with you, man. And you kind of do show that in our community. And I appreciate what you said about how you found what you like to see in Star Wars. You found that in the Star Wars community and uh, that we're a part of that. So uh, I'm honored that you decided to um, become a part of what we're doing. Uh, that means a lot. Um, but you're right. Like that found family thing. And, you know, we see you kind of do that, like make solo two happen day. You know, there were a handful of people who were like bashing it and you're like, no, that's not, I'm not, that, that's not going to fly here. And you, 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 you <laughs> took them to task, man. So, um, very Chewbacca of you, you ripped their arms off. Um, but no, great, <laughs> great answer, man. I, I, I hope you're well, hope you're safe. I'm glad you're back to, uh, uh, the restaurant and cooking and, and, and doing your thing. But, um, Thanks for being a general. Thanks for being the man. Stay spicy. We'll see you around. Awesome. Great job, Micah. And thank you to everyone in Patreon, on Patreon, and outside the base for your support. And now we're going to head to Lacey. Oh, I already saw her smile on her face. <laughs> her resistance <laughs> transmissions. Lacey? Thanks, Lacey. Appreciate that. <laughs> it's time. That's attack of, attack of the clones. <laughs> I don't think the world can handle two Lacey's. Uh, it's time for resistance transmissions. So the way that this works is every week, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation. And you guys give your answers on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. So this week, the scenario is Chewbacca has to apply to new jobs for income until hashtag Star Wars decides to hashtag make Solo 2 happen on Disney+. Plus. What does Chewie have on his resume that he thinks would impress a future employer? All right. First up is Mello at a gray Jedi, who's one of our generals. Hello, Mello. And he said, expert amputation assistant can remove arms from sockets without special equipment. That's, that's important. <laughs> nice. Next up is Neil Shaw at Neil Shaw. Hey, Neil, one of our generals as up, well. Neil? He said, name, Chewbacca, Chewy, born, Kashyyyk, skills. I am solely responsible for keeping the Millennium Falcon flying after my moof-milking friends break it every time we fly. References, Han Solo, Lando, Ray, <laughs> Finn, Poe, and pretty much any Skywalker. Hey, look, that's right. <laughs> Uh, next up is Fluke Skywalker at one Fluke Skywalker, and he said, "Is housebroken and can fly the Millennium Falcon." Housebroken <laughs> is key. Yeah, you know, Fluke's a, a Fluke lives in Cincinnati, which is real close to me. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. He cosplays yeah. as Luke. He's was, a good Luke. Yeah, he cosplays as Luke, but I, I, I could be wrong on this story too. But I felt like he wasn't even really into Star Wars until he found out he kind of was like he looked like the older Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Is that so he decided really? to get <laughs> he decided to get into yeah. it after that. Now he does everything for like Ronald McDonald houses and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, he does so a lot of charity stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you're interested in uh, supporting him, go check out the stuff he's working on. I think he's doing like a movie or a fan film or something too. Yeah, good job, cool. Fluke. Next up is Alexander Moyland at Alexander Moyland. Hey, Alex. Way to get your and handle. And he said, Chewbacca Jones, MS in spice running, master of smuggling. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's from Jonas saying his name is Chewbacca Jones. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah he, I, I wrote that to him on Twitter on Thursday. Because um, he said he had to buy something. 
And yeah. I, with it, he's like, I'd take my credit card out. I'm like, does it say Chewbacca Jones on your credit card? And he's like, you know it does, but I'm not giving you the 16-digit number. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Beer Fet at Beer underscore Fet. Hey, Bethany. What and up? she said, you will never get a better sleep than curled up in my lap. Oh. <laughs> that is a weird thing to put on a resume. Yeah, I don't know who. <laughs> I'm reading the resume. I'm like, that. all right. Well, you know that's that's uh, solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we get but, the reference, John. We're just, creators yeah. of make solo but, to happen. But he's applying to a company where people can come and sleep in people's laps. <laughs> yeah, and his his resume is. You'll never get a better sleep in my lap. Maybe you know those <laughs> random things in resumes sometimes like, yeah, I'm a really good juggler. And people just like randomly drop a thing for like funsies. Like in the skill. Do they? I don't have oh. anything fun on my resume. Mm. Super boring. Next is Agent 37 at underscore Agent 37 who said undefeated at Holochess. It's important. He cheats though. He- I was just about to say <laughs> he got it too quickly. I was like, he cheats. Clearly cheating. Next is Jeff P. Skywalker at R.I.P. Burt Con- Convy. And he oh. said, proficient in Microsoft Office Suite, including Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and Dejaric. Yep. It's important. If they <laughs> Included that, in the Microsoft part of, Suite. That's part of the Office yeah. Suite, yeah. And last but not least is Sebi underscore Webby at Sebast8. I paused because I was like, wait, why isn't his Twitter name sebby underscore webby so his name is sebastian and he was uh it was his birthday today as we're recording and he's 20 years old so happy birthday sebastian way to put out all his info out there it's on his twitter (laughs) handle right there all right sebby you said i've lived through the skywalkers effing up the universe (laughs) i mean accurate that goes at the top of your resume if you ask me Definitely. So if you guys want to be on the show, make sure to head over to Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N and just look for the scenario every week and you can be on the show. And that's it. Back to you, Lace. I mean, John. Yikes. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching and being a part of the resistance. Uh, Before we close up the base, we just want to make sure that you know to subscribe to the show. Um, Lacey mentioned some of them before. But uh, you can do that on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe because we get two episodes every week coming at you. And then, of course, on YouTube, like the virtual cantina and all the other stuff coming down the line. But one other thing, make sure you are spreading the word about the podcast. We had a guy recently reach out to us. and He's like, yeah, someone told me about you guys and I checked you out. And now I'm a big fan of yours. Um, don't just uh, assume that people know uh, about Star Wars podcasts. Uh specifically us so if you know anybody who likes star wars share us with them and you know maybe they'll get on board and you'll have someone to enjoy the show with and it'll help your experience of enjoying the show so we appreciate you guys spreading the word it really does help us out um uh we talked about teespring before starwarsnewsnet.com you got to go there every day for all of your star wars news reviews editorials information and more um and uh you guys can find me on twitter at johnny hoey and writing editing over at starwarsnewsnet.com james uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and uh, teespring.com slash Gary the Pork buying t-shirts. Nice. Lacey? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. All right. I got my handle. 
Enjoy uh, your week. We'll <laughs> we'll be back with you guys on Thursday morning, where we're going to be joined by a special guest, Ming Chen from uh, Kevin Smith's Comic Book Men show on AMC, which is now on Amazon. You can stream that to get to know him a little bit more. If you haven't watched that yet, you should have. Uh, he's going to come nerd out with us about Star Wars, though, and uh, we're going to have a good time chatting it up. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit about how does Star Wars catch up to all the other franchises who are doing so well globally. Um, But it's going to be a great show, and we're going to nerd out as always. So until then, enjoy your weeks. We'll see you next time on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.